Where do you go for comics new and old? Uh, garage sales? Wrong! Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? Uh, in magazines, mostly. Wrong again! And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Well, there are lots of different options if you're looking for something... <laughs> so incredibly wrong! Wizard World Comic Con. Wizard World Comic Con offers live entertainment and gaming, comics new and old, cosplay, toys and memorabilia, and a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. Meet comics legend Stan Lee and Walking Dead stars Lenny James and Michael Cudlitz September 22nd through the 24th in Madison, Wisconsin. Then meet Constantine star Matt Ryan and Lord of the Rings Spartacus star Craig Parker October 13th through the 15th in Biloxi, Mississippi. Other shows include Montgomery, Alabama, October 20th through the 22nd, Oklahoma City, October 27th through the 29th, and Springfield, Illinois, November 10th through the 12th. Is that all? Don't interrupt me. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code CANDAIR at checkout. Lowercase no space. (laughs) To get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you going to go for your pop culture fix? The, The internet? Oh, good answer. Really? No! Wizard World Comic Con! Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. Arthur, I'll be in here. Quiet now, I'm recording. Hello. Tick here. You, my friend, well, if you're an evildoer, cover your ears. Because you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast, which is nothing but keen All right, Arthur, you can come out now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. And we've got one hell of a good show for you today. Joining us a little bit later in the episode, we have the lead singer, frontman to the band Star Set, Dustin Bates, joining us. And, uh, man, that was a lot of fun to talk with him, right? Sure was, yeah. But what He's a busy do- guy. Yeah, and his band and what they're doing, uh, you know, it's like hard rock. How would you describe it? Like a... Uh, I almost want to say it's a industrial, more industrial, industrial alternative yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, with a sci-fi uh, story, el- yeah, element to it. It's so in depth and so freaking cool. I've never seen anything like it. So uh, we're going to be talking to Dustin a little bit later, and uh, not only about his band Star Set, but talking about the upcoming graphic novel, The Prox Transmissions, coming out September 26th. Um, but before we do that, in the retro roundtable, we're going to be talking about. Uh, bands who, how would we describe it? Who it's have like bands with science fictional personas? There you right? go. Like, yeah, yeah. That have kind of paved the way for something as elaborate and as cool as uh, what Star Set is doing. Because I've never seen anything like this. This no. is like the next level. It's quite a setup. It's He's the new standard, I think. Reaching everywhere he can <clears throat> to construct this this sort of narrative world. Right. That's been sure. around before them too, which was kind of surprising. Right, the whole star set. Right, it's, it, it wasn't spawned by a band. Well, we'll let Dustin yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell the story before we get there. But like I said in the retro roundtable, uh, talking about bands with fictitious personas, uh, there's a, quite a few of them out there. Oh yeah, I'm Fictional excited action. to talk about music uh, this episode. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've never done that before. What's that? We've never done music before. Well, we yeah, well, we've talked kinda, favorite songs yeah. and uh, songs of summer. Stuff That's like usually that. from a like nostalgic context. This is a little more in depth. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So that's going to be fun. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to be going around the table talking about comics. What do you got there, Jack? Teleport. Cool, cool. And we yeah. saw that Jake talked to the, the writer at uh, Indeed oh, I did. Columbus Comic Yeah, Comic-Con. right. Yeah, that looks good. really like the style on that one. It's very clean. Mm-hmm. By you, and, Jake? Uh, I've got New Inhumans, Volume 1. It's... Oh, wow. Is it as good as uh, getting as good ratings as the TV Dude, show it's is? it's mundane. It was like the comic equivalent of saltine crackers. It's, it's just really stretching for that extra like <sighs> few quarters to rub together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Here, keep going and I'll spit all over it. When we all right. Saying. All right. Yeah, let's not trash it. And then uh, after we do that, we're going to be turning our full attention over to Dustin and talking about the Prox transmissions. But before we do that, Jake, I would like you, loyal listeners, to visit us on all of our social media outlets. Twitter at CannedAirPod, Instagram at Canned underscore Air. Uh, you can check us out at YouTube, where we've got lots of fun videos and more on the way. We've got a merch page, society6.com forward slash CannedAirPod. And uh, now you can hear us on, what, iHeartRadio, yes. if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Among others, Spreaker. Spreaker. Satchel. Satchel. Player FM. Scrunchy. Tune in. Tangles. Donner. <laughs> Blitzen. <laughs> iHeartRadio, though. Another rung up the ladder, yeah, gentlemen. Yes. We're getting there. That's nice. I like that. Wizard World. If you're oh. going to the Wizard World conventions, uh, use the Candare lowercase no space in the promo box at checkout. Receive 10% off your ticket expenses. Can't beat that. Come on, no. 10% off people. Why wouldn't you? There's really no reason not to. Right. You were on there ordering your tickets anyway. You might as well just fill in one it's, more box. Yeah, like, this uh, is right. My hand's tired. It's <laughs> <laughs> 10% off. All right, well, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. Do it. Do it. Come on. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Oh, my Taste bad. All right, guys. Bands with fictitious... uh, Personas. Personas. There we go. Bands with fictitious personas. Where do we begin? I'd like to begin with one of my all-time favorites, and that is the fictional band Death Clock, stars of the uh, Adult Swim show Metalocalypse. Oh, okay. Which is really just Brendan Small, like an in-house bassist and a revolving door of other, like, heavy metal big hitters. The lead singer of, what, Cannibal Corpse did vocals on one track. Just all sorts of people from that genre. And it it struck me as as one of the more concrete examples of creating a, a, a narrative world for the context of a band. You know, Right, right. I've never seen that show. I've seen you a should. couple you should make the time. of it. It's <laughs> isn't there one guy that's real dumb? They're all pretty dumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that one was more so. They're than... kind of all the dumb guy. There's like a Swedish guy who pluralizes every word. He's like, hey, you guys want to get some snacks after the shows? You know. And then, <laughs> there's a Norwegian guy who like also does that. There's a dude who's their bassist is just hideous and. Almost impossible to understand. Their drummer, his name is just Pickles. Do new episodes of that still come out? No. Well, like they... That's been around for a minute, hasn't it? There were a yeah. few seasons. Then they did like a big hour, maybe it was an hour and a half long rock opera thing. 
it was like a send-off, but they haven't concluded the story yet. They're saying that it's probably not going to have another season, but they're looking for a theatrical way to to cap the series. But yeah, so it's it's but you know, in the world they've created for it, they're like one of the world's top economic powers because they're the most popular band on the planet. You know, <laughs> album sales can sink entire countries depending on if they're you know well received or not. Too many to the, CDs on the continent. Yeah, to sinks it to the serious <laughs> to the point where they're part of some ancient prophecy that will help to prevent the end of the world or bring it about. It's a whole thing, but uh, <laughs> it's just like one dude and whoever he can grab for the for whatever particular album, and it's awesome, and I love it. And uh, yeah, huh. that's where I'm at. Because it's very it. technically proficient, like weirdly technically proficient music. I hear nothing but good stuff about the series. I know other people who watch it and just go on about oh, it. So yeah. it's it's probably something I need to finally look make into. the time. Yeah. Might have been a weird episode that I caught and was just like they're all uh, weird, but you get used to that. Uh, <laughs> you know how like your DVR will start recording like five minutes before mm-hmm. your show actually starts to make sure it catches everything. <laughs> right. Well, a lot of the time I'll catch, you know, the last five minutes of the episode that was on before, whatever it was, and that's how I've seen that show before. Gotcha, yeah. It's just, you know, a few final minutes of an can't episode. Can't really piece together a narrative. No, you really can't. You really can't. <laughs> what the hell did I just see? <laughs> well, one I have here, uh, which I think we just need to address because it's the obvious everyone's thinking about, Kiss! I had no idea that they had some backstory to them. Really? Mm-hmm. I really never liked them, but maybe that's why. I... Yeah, they were. Well, they were what? Star Child, Space Ace, Space Ace. There was the, the demon, cat. and then the cat. I knew they had that those names, <clears throat> but I didn't know there was really a, a story. Well, yeah, they had like a whole uh, comic book series about. I mean, they were from space. I, I don't really know what the backstory was. There was even a movie. I think it was only maybe it was in it theaters. Was like Kiss versus the Phantom, or Phantom of the Amusement Park. <laughs> and gentlemen, I have it on Ooh. DVD. I think oh we boy. talked about that before. A oh, while we have back. a long time ago. It is horrible, <laughs> horrible. Um, I mean, there's really no plot other than I mean, it, the title tells you exactly what's <laughs> yeah. happening. There's a Phantom in this amusement park, and for some reason, Kiss, only Kiss, the entertainment that's, the that's there for the evening is there to, is going to find this Phantom. But the movie doesn't play out well. It's not like it plays out well and you just don't like it. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It just jumps around <laughs> weird fucking places. But they... Camera cuts to, like, the director taking a bath. Like, How did you get in here? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but though they are there, you know, to perform a show, they also have all these crazy powers. You know, Gene Simmons can breathe fire like a dragon. But it's not like they taught him to... You know, I just now thought about this. He breathes fire on stage. Yeah. Real fucking fire. But in the movie, it was like horribly like Godzilla kind of <laughs> fire coming out of his mouth. That is but, so within their capability to have him breathing fire. He was already fucking doing it. Come on. <laughs> they run out of money? <laughs> but yeah, like they had lasers and shit coming out of their eyes and stuff. And like during the rock show, they'd be flying through the air. and <laughs> Oh, it was so bad. Did you guys see the movie with Paul Rudd? And Stifler, uh, role models. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. That was yeah, a good yeah. film. I like the whole that. big speech that the kid gives at the end about the, <laughs> right. the different personas and stuff. That was about the most I've ever known about. Because didn't they go to like a medieval? They yeah, went to a large like vanguard thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were dressed as Kiss. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. That was such a good movie. Yeah, it was. Because that was uh, that was McLovin. That was the kid. Yes. It was. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Mintz Plus. Thank you. I only know him by character. Apparently, he's yeah. a, he's a real dick. 
Is that right? It just went right to his head. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Kind of a bummer, right? Okay. What do you got, Jack? Uh, the Aquabats. I've heard of them, but I don't know I anything about them. I know the name. A ska punk type band that they are all superheroes and they <laughs> go around saving the day to save the world. And on their during their shows, they'll they're always in their suits, and each one of them has a persona. Like the lead singer is like the the stage the commander or something like that. Hmm. But uh, they'll have like a <clears throat> villain come in during the concert, and then they'll have a big battle and stuff while they're playing. Really? So, yeah, oh, that's, cool. that's pretty cool. They did a TV show. That was real Power Ranger esque, I guess. <laughs> Cheesier than the Power Rangers, but it was <laughs> wow, freaking good time watching. That's <laughs> got so bad. Cheesier than the Power Rangers. That's intense. Wow. But uh, Travis from Blink One Eighty Two, he was he was in it for a little bit. No oh, kidding. really? Yeah, they've had a, a like a running bunch of different casts, except for like the lead singer and maybe one of the guitar players or something like that. Well, one of them's like, an android. Was it Sisters of Mercy? The only consistent band members have been the lead singer and the drum machine that hasn't been changed out. All right, Jake, what do you got? Uh, how about, this is this is like one of my favorites right now, a band out of Sweden called Ghost. I don't know if you guys are I've familiar. I've heard of them, yeah. No, I've never heard of yeah. them. Yeah, so you get one dude who is dressed as the evil equivalent of the Pope. He's got the hat and the vestments, and he's got, like, this latex skull mask that conceals his features a little bit, like, conforms to his face in a creepy way. And the rest of the band, they wear these really intricate, silver-plated, kind of, like, classical devil masks. Really cool-looking. They wear really sharp suits. And no one knows their actual names, like, publicly. And they've got this persona that they're like the. They know uh, the lead singer now. I think that do they really? Did he? The, yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I heard about sucks. that. And I was like, well, that sucks because they, they were able to hold it for yeah, that long. Yeah, they kept the secret so well that like a they were having trouble getting into their own shows, and b Dave Grohl during an award ceremony put on a mask and played lead guitar for them during a for a set, which was a fucking awesome <laughs> concept. <laughs> But yeah, I, I guess they're the musical slash militant wing of the Church of Satan or something. It's, it's a very pervasive concept throughout their music is that they're supposed to be the, the downfall of the church's influence in the world. But they, they really stick to that, you know, not releasing their names and such. And huh. I know their one hit song on the radio has got a real 80s vibe to it. It's they, They've good. got that kind of almost like psychedelic edge to it. It's all yeah. clean vocals. Mm-hmm. You think for like a metal act, there's going to be a lot of screaming and growling, but it's all, oh, it's really cool. I've been stuck on I've had to look at the lyrics to see what they say. Yeah. I couldn't, but then I was like, thick. oh, okay, I can understand it. Yeah, now, once you get a feel for it. Yep. Oh, super cool. Love it. Uh, Ghost, you said? Ghost, yeah. yes. Uh, <laughs> they, were called, <clears throat> uh, they were called Ghost BC. Okay. I guess now it's just Ghost. Okay. I'm going to look them up. That's I got a song on my phone I'll play after the show. Yeah, so all right. Fucking rules. Cool, cool. All right, how about uh, the Gorillas? Oh, man, oh, that's a God, good one. That was going to be my next one them. if you guys didn't get there first. Yeah, that... Uh, not that I'm a huge fan of them. They've got some good tunes. I can't really get into some of it, but um, I think it was when their last album came out. They were on some award show. Now, I don't know if this is, like, standard practice for a Gorillas concert, but... This particular performance was... The stage was nothing but like a movie screen. Oh, yeah. And they all came out in their cartoon form. And the whole concert was their cartoon selves. I think uh, that was about normal. Is that how they always do? Yeah, I think so, And that's yeah. how um, 
the few times Brendan Small's gone on tour with Metalocalypse is that he'll have himself and the band will be playing on stage behind them. They'll be projecting the they the actually animated tour. characters. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know a that. A couple of times. Oh that. man, I was going crazy trying to. Actually, there was one year they were at Rock on the Range. I guess what? I should say he was at Rock on the Range, and uh, I was going to go see it. But then, like, my family was like, oh, surprise, trip to Las Vegas. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I guess I'll miss the concert. <laughs> and we flew out the day he performed. And I got there. First world problems. <laughs> right. Yeah, really. <laughs> having a really good time. And then the day we were, I was flying back in, I saw playing at the House of Blues tonight only, Brendan Small, Metalocalypse. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me that he followed me 2,000 miles and I still missed? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, wow. Oh, man. I will never forget that. Wow, I, yeah, I don't that's, reckon you would. That's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, love to go see them just for the simple fact of how they put on a show. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Concept. I think today, now doing it, because before their new out, newest, newest album just came out, they were doing a lot of like augmented reality stuff. So it was like, What was the newest album to come out called? I can't remember. It was way different than the last couple. I don't know. I'm still trying to decide if I like it or not. What, I've heard it a couple it like times. Plastic Beach? Is that the second most recent? Or have I been out of the loop for a long time? I'd uh, have to look in my know, iTunes. Yeah. I've, I've got it. I just don't remember mm-hmm. what it looks like mm-hmm. or what it was called. But um, anyway, yeah. I love that concept. Oh, yeah. yeah. What you got, Jack? That was the only one I had. It was the Aquabats. <laughs> okay. I've been racking my brain trying to think all day. Okay, I've got another one here. Jake, you probably won't remember this. But you might... I don't know, man. I don't know. Back in the day, and I think this was like early 2000s, Garth Brooks, before he disappeared... Oh, God. <laughs> that's Chris right. something. Chris James. 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 <laughs> yes. He uh, did just a single album. I don't even remember what it was called, but called the Chris Gaines album. And it My was God. so weird because he had like that little like soul patch <laughs> yeah. thing. And, and like the hair straight down. Like Keith Urban hair, like really short. What like, a weak ass name. When you can choose your own alternate, like alter ego, why would you go with the Chris. super weak sounding? Yeah. You know, I'm not big on country music. I've got a lot of respect for like OG oh, stuff sure. and it's like this, I just I'm not like big on a lot of con- rock country. Yeah, I'm not like big super, on the contemporary. Yeah. It's stuff. like trying to be pop, so but like losing. Garth Brooks, you can't deny the guy. I mean, he's right. a showman. He's writes some damn good I mean, music. He's been in it. You know, it's it's one of those elements where it's not my genre, but you have to give respect where it's due. You know. I just wonder what what his reasoning for doing the Chris Gaines thing was, and I'm sure if I get on like YouTube or something, I can find an interview. Yeah, yeah. Was he bored? Maybe he was pressured by the label to mix it up. I can't imagine. I mean, he was not like his last one he did before he stopped for a while. Um, no, I don't think so because I think shortly after that, like Garth Brooks went exclusive with Walmart or something, and he Ooh. started doing box sets. And I think they might have new content on them, but it was mm. shortly after that that they uh, disappeared. Yeah, and then, I remember seeing that album cover, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, it looks weird. It looks like a Backstreet Boy or yeah. something. You know, it doesn't look like Garth Brooks, but yeah, it obviously didn't take flight. So. Uh, but you threw me through a loop there because the one I thought you were getting at was Guar. Oh, I got it on the list here. Yeah, yeah it was going to be the next one. If you want to take the reins, no, on that please one. go ahead. I, I know very little about this. <laughs> I just know they're a bunch. Are they aliens? They're like space warriors, like okay. intergalactic space warriors. And they've got a, a female lead now, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Really? Yeah, yeah. I was on uh, Wikipedia looking at their 
all the people that have been in their band, and there's this whole chart that shows how long. And there have been so many people. Oh, there have sure. been like two core people that have been there the most, like the drummer and the lead singer. But he died, I believe, oh, wow. in the past four or five years. Something, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I think they have a new. There must be a front woman. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, they. It's one of those bands that, like, as the people, it goes from being like a band that's creating a lot of like cool original content to just kind of like the blue man group where anyone can kind of assume that identity yeah, play those yeah, songs yeah. and it's more a brand than a band exactly that, yeah. which you know if gene simmons had the final say in it when those dudes are getting old enough to retire i can totally see him like getting a whole new kiss lineup to keep <laughs> touring <laughs> over those I get sixty percent of the profit. It's, like, it's yeah, always been the about the money. The girls. With Kiss. Yeah, it's like what I do mean, they say. Most it, bands wanted to be the Beatles. Kiss wanted to be Coca Cola. It sounds ridiculous when I say that, but if you sit and look at the shit that they have marketed and the stuff Gene Simmons has done, it's not impossible. People, it could yeah, so easily yeah, happen. The Kiss coffin, that fucking disco album. God help us all. <laughs> Oh man, we could have a whole episode based on <laughs> that Kiss might, merch. That'd make a good retro one of these days. The Rise Ooh. and Fall of Kiss. Ooh, just Kiss in general. That'd be cool. I like that. Yeah, we'll do that. Because they got cool. comics too. We could have a whole Yeah, Kiss. yeah. We, we could, could each homework. pick a different Kiss comic. And then there we could go. get somebody like somehow related to Kiss on the show. Yeah. When's Gene Simmons' birthday? If we could like coordinate that somehow. Can you get Paul Stanley on here to hit a high note and see if he can do it still? <laughs> fracture our eardrums <laughs> from what I hear he can't I don't know man he still tours and he sounds like he still sings yeah. all that shit in it's original key except for Strutter for Strutter him. might be d- dropped yeah. but I don't know I heard someone went and saw them recently and they dropped everything down a couple bars no, so they could, they? yeah, so they could actually. <laughs> I tell you what he's done now but Getty Lee was still hitting those notes um, when I saw Rush in Utah Oh, really? A few years ago. Yeah. No, I don't want to sound cool. queer or nothing, but Kenny Lee's the best bass player in the world. <laughs> That's an orgasmo quote. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Thank God you got it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, he's good. What's I don't want to sound queer or nothing, but Kenny Lee's pretty fucking hot. <laughs> All right. Sweet. If we're if we're still talking about war, I don't know if that's in the past now. But no, go ahead. My earliest memory of that band was being in like sixth grade or something. I had a math class. And this dude would sit in front of me, and I swear, like, at least one day a week, he'd wear this Quar shirt. It was, like, for their album, Scum Dogs of the Universe. <laughs> and it was just, like, an off-white shirt covered in blood splatters yeah. all over. And on the back, it was, like, some monstrous creature holding all these naked, filthy dudes by chain collars. And they were all running out. And, and I'd just have to, like, I'd be trying to focus on my work. And three inches from my face, I'd have to look up at that fucking shirt. And I just couldn't do it. I think I failed that class. That shirt was that was probably stuff that sprayed onto him from the concert. That would make sense, yeah. Because I know in high school when they came to town, everyone was all excited, mm-hmm. and the next day everyone wore white t-shirts. Yeah, a buddy of mine did the same it. thing. It was like red and blue. This like, is semen from so and so. Yeah, yeah. He'd whip out that gross monster appendage. <laughs> Wasn't there always a uh, like a plant too? They would feed audience members to mm-hmm. shit. Maybe not for their whole run, but it was like a big puppet plant, like. Kind of like feed me Seymour. Yeah, right. I'd eat them on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the uh, the the front woman now. What she'll do is she'll like tear off her like iron studded breastplate thing, and she's got these gnarly, monstrous breasts that just spew blood into the audience. Looks, oh my god! They're, they're like lined with teeth. It's 
It's that sounds like them. <laughs> yeah, it does. I really have no desire. But it's funny you say that about that shirt. I mean, typically, if you find a Guar fan, they're passionate about they their are. fandom. <laughs> they definitely it's like are. an ICP fan. Oh, man. Yes. The second you hear someone, you know, say they're a juggalo. Like, oh, Christ, like, I got to go. I don't yeah, have three you hours. You got to get away from that person. <laughs> like, our person will hang around with a little bit longer than yeah, the Yeah, they're higher up on the yes. scale. <laughs> watch our fan base be like 80% juggalo. Yeah. Watch, we like, just had no idea. We just tanked the show. <laughs> it was this silent majority. <laughs> they were hanging on for that scant <laughs> hope we'd talk about the band on one episode. <laughs> Uh, just a couple more here. We'll just get, ramble them off really quick. Uh, Daft Punk. Oh yeah, that's good. the whole robot persona. I mean, they rarely, they really doubled down on that with like yeah, random access memories. Like rarely, if ever, grant interviews or make appearances and won't show their face. Or have they? I mean, I've, yeah, I've seen them. It was uh, an award show because they're French. It was yeah. some French award show, and they came out. And it, they're not as secretive about it. Not as much as they were used yeah. to be. Okay, there was a movie. I, I don't know if it's them. Or if it was like an authorized fan. It was called Electroma. It was like the weird misadventures of those two wandering about, like, in their full get-up with the helmets and everything. Hmm. They're trying to pass themselves off as human. It's very, like, art house, avant-garde kind right. of. Mm. You know, it has no meaning. That's the meaning. You know, that whole thing. But it was interesting. I their helmets are cool. Yeah, they're cool as Yeah, fun. they really are. For only $12 million, yeah. you can have your own. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah. They make full-on high-quality replicas with the lights and everything. They're just very pricey. Why would you... Well, all right. I've got stupid <laughs> shit on the wall behind me. I'm not going to cast any we stones. We all have stupid shit on our wall. I'm not going to cast any stones. I bought toys today, so mm-hmm. hey, what, what, what can I say? We all have. One more I have here, Slipknot. I didn't realize they had a thing. I know they I, were you the know, I don't think they really do have a backstory. They just They're have the just fun characters the mask, on the show, yeah. during the show. Yeah, um... That was an inter. I've seen them a few times, and yeah. damn, they are entertaining. They're Very entertaining, and I've been surprised with their first three, two or three albums. There, um, they were really good. And then what was it? The subliminal verses that Rick Rubin actually came on and produced uh, was really good. They actually had uh, some slower. When I say slow numbers, I'm right. not talking like something you'd hear at a high school dance it wasn't or anything. Like a ballad but, or anything, <laughs> but uh, more like that acoustic, like. Down on my luck, dirty rock, yeah, you yeah. know. Like, you remember Stone Sour? I mean, his other group, Corey yeah. Taylor's other group. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you remember the hit off that first? Uh, yes. What, I, I don't remember what it's called, but I, I know it. It was very much in that same vein. It was just an acoustic song. Um, I think it escalated maybe to a full band, but yeah, yeah, it was. And speaking of Corey Taylor, that dude is one underrated musician. He is such a great songwriter. I just don't think he probably gets. Not to say he's, you know, not respected. He's got a hell of a fan base, but how good of a uh, musician and a songwriter he is. Have you guys ever seen you know, the documentary Sound City? No, mm-hmm. I haven't. Uh, Sound City is a is a record, uh, excuse me, a recording studio that used to, was in, Cal- in L.A. somewhere, I believe, that like a lot of iconic bands recorded at and a lot of iconic albums mm-hmm. were recorded at. Uh, in you know the 60s and 70s, maybe into the 80s. Well, they tore it down, and uh, Dave Grohl bought the mixing board and everything, huh. everything in there. It took it back to his place, I think, in Michigan, and built like a big fancy ass studio with that mixing board as the centerpiece. <laughs> kind of like this studio. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the canned aerodrome. You won't have to rip the mixer out of here. You can probably fit it in your pocket, but. Um, 
he, along with that documentary came a soundtrack where he invited tons of like top level musicians. He had Paul McCartney, oh, wow. uh, the Queens of the Stone Age were there. I'm Tom seeing them Petty. tomorrow. Are you really? Oh, yeah, I am. Well, it's gonna be it'll be time. a while ago when this airs. But. Wow. Uh, Tom Petty, uh, who else? Who else? Uh, uh, Stevie Nicks. The list goes on. Just lots of big name people. But uh, Corey Taylor was one of the people there, okay. which I, you know, he kind of seemed out of place. But when that <laughs> album came out, it was the it was the album that had the uh, Nirvana reunion with Paul McCartney. Remember when that happened? Vaguely. It, uh, within the past four years, maybe it was Dave Grohl and Chris. What? No, what's his last name? Nova Selig. Nova Selig. Yeah, they got back together, Nova and Paul Polish McCartney name. fronted them. They wrote an original oh, song, cool. and it was called Paul McCartney with Nirvana. And though that song was good, the best song on that album, written by any of those icons, was Corey Taylor, by far. The best song. You know, I'll, I'll back you up on him being a talented guy, because when, when I was younger and I went through a pretty heavy goth phase I'm not proud of, I was really into this... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. You're right. right. I, I feel like I'm in pretty decent company. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was this band called Apocalyptica, like a Finnish Ooh, cello quartet, yes. and they do like yes. cello covers of heavy metal songs. And they'd bring in people from different bands to do vocals for them, because none of them sang. They just played right. their cellos. And they brought in Corey Taylor for a track that I believe he wrote, and it quickly became one of my favorites. I, I remember not even making the connection that he was the front man of Slipknot. I never really got into Slipknot so much. Even though I listened at like everything surrounding, that, you know, <laughs> I was more in my everyday wearing black days, right? You know, where I was heavy into Slipknot, but um, I mean, I can still go back and visit Slipknot and enjoy it. Sure, I just remember the song was it "Wait and Bleed." That's probably my all-time favorite off off the first album. I think so. Yeah, yeah that first one was so just like fucking in your face mm. and mm, the percussion's CD. nuts in it. Yeah, I, I had a friend in <laughs> high school who said, "Yeah, I like Slipknot back when they were like." the musical equivalent of getting punched in the face, now they're just like a heavy metal boy band. And I'm like, all right, dude, if you're getting uppity <laughs> oh, about Slipknot, you, you've got issues you need to work out before you... Go listen to The Cure, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you know? About the monkeys. Ooh, the monkeys. the monkeys. I'm just kidding. The, that, that's a monkey. unique thing, because they all went on their actual personas, gave yeah. their real names and everything. It's just... But they weren't actual... A they were just living band. a lie. Yeah, they were living a lie. Yeah. The first boy <laughs> band, basically. Yeah, the Monkees is the reason, reason uh, David Bowie went by David Bowie. Really? His birth name is David Jones. He couldn't call himself Davy oh, Jones because yeah. of David Jones. Oh, oh shit, yeah. Changed his name for that reason. That's really cool. The hmm. more you know. It's not fair the amount of crap the Monkees had to endure for when, you know, when it came out that they didn't write their own shit because Frank Sinatra didn't write nearly Nobody any of his shit own, you know yeah. it had been happening so long and I'm sure those guys were still being revered and looked at in very high light at the time the monkeys were being criticized sure. but it's just that the Beatles had come to town the Beatles had set the standard you gotta write your own songs mm-hmm. well it's like and, when someone tells you like oh they write their own music what's your reaction you're like oh no way that's really cool yeah you never go like uh yeah I would hope so it's just really not a lot of people do it's not like it's some new horrible thing it took me a while to get into the monkeys. Like, we played the monkeys in the high school band, like uh, Daydream Believer. Or, you know, just those like that track. last... Or no, not that one, but... Um, I still like it. Last Train to Clarksville. Ah, yes. 
And uh, there's another one. I don't remember what it was. But anyway. Let the bodies hit the floor. That was it. That's their most popular. <laughs> but um, those hits always kept me away. I didn't like the, the mainstream hits. But once you get past them, start watching the TV show, mm-hmm. get into music other than the hits, there's some good stuff in there. There's something to them. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, they put it on an album 2016 that I still am listening to. It is. It sounds like original Stuff from back then. I it does because they're like they're constructing it in a similar fashion. Like there's a lot of a lot of the songs in there are written by other big musicians. Like there's a Carly Simon written song mm-hmm. in there. Uh, one of the guys from Oasis does a lot oh, cool. of work on there, and it's transparent. And, you can, and the songs he's on <laughs> sound just like Oasis, but it's so freaking good. I can't recommend it enough. It's called Good Times. But yeah, I'm glad you brought them up. Cool. There, one more band, the Plain White Tees. They didn't really have a fake persona, but they had one thing going for them. T-shirts. God damn it. I they had one thing going <laughs> A perfect segue. I don't think I know who this is. Wait a minute. <laughs> Commercial. I smell something in the air. <laughs> Gotta lead into it somehow, boys. Society6.com forward slash pod to get your tasty Candair t-shirt mug, wall clock, shower curtains. What else we got on there, Floor Jack? pillow, pillow, iPhone case. Do we have shot towels. glasses? No. Shot oh, glasses. we need shot glasses. We need I shot, love shot bath glasses. bath towel, beach towel. Every orifice of your body will be Recto dried by canned air. Shower mat. Yep, for them toes. Warm up those toesy. <laughs> Warm up your little piggies with your favorite podcast. There you go. Because we spit hot fire. <laughs> Hoodies, V-necks, tank tops, t-shirts, and V-neck t-shirts. Good for casual and formal occasions. There it is, yeah. Impress your boss. Impress your friends. Lock down that sweetheart you've had a crush on. <laughs> the hoodies, you can get the uh, print on the back. Oh, oh there cool. you go. Yeah. Really? How about good that? options, yeah. I might want to get one of those. Repping I'm always hesitant. Air on your back, people. Finally, mm. the day has come. It's like, how much is too much? Do I want to wear my Candare t-shirt with my Candare hoodies? Got my Candare handkerchiefs. I'd rather hear people back. behind me. Look at that Candare. I'll be like, I think he's a juggalo. <laughs> Hold my bra. We need to talk to <laughs> Society6.com forward slash pod. Go get some tasty moich. Tasty moich. All right. Swing open the door to the comic vault. Jack, we haven't seen you in a while. I know. Why don't you go ahead and go first? So when we were at Columbus, Wizard World Columbus Comic Con, Jake and I stood and Talk to Ryan Rafati and his book Teleport. Yeah, penciled by awesome. Mumi Swan. Mumi Swan. Good old Mumi. And it's about a girl named Jessica Sato that her parents died somehow in some horrible accident. They ran some kind of company or a lab that mm-hmm. they gave it to her in the will. And she's been running it, running all these experiments, trying to learn how to make a teleport machine. The beginning of the comic, she's, you know practicing she gets a like a little pop vinyl thing to show to, to zip across the room so she tries some lab rats and makes a mess and decides she's not going to do that anymore <laughs> goes through some little bit of uh trials and tribulations getting it to work eventually gets it to work and i'll probably stop right there because the the listeners got to go read it. it was actually it was really very good, good point yeah yeah <laughs> i was i was pleasantly surprised i i really like it. i like to read more about it the artwork, it's it's all black and white. I'd like to see color, just that's just me. But it's, it's got it's a, a real, very clean style. I think I already said that though. It's, it looks it's really, really good. Sharp. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's got a uh, the eye. Disney-esque 
kind of art style to it. It's very warm, inviting. Yes. I love it that. It gives off kind of like a Big Hero 6 vibe. Yeah. Hey, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, very accurate. I like that. <clears throat> but yeah, I dug it a lot. I got finished it and was like, man, that was pretty. That was actually pretty good. I was I was very surprised. I like it. Cool. I mean, I, we were talking to the guy, and I'm like, I bet this is garbage because this is <laughs> 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 No, no, I liked it as soon as I saw his mm-hmm. booth. Very cool. Teleport. There you go. Jake, you want to go next? I will begrudgingly go next because this comic really disappointed me. Oh, After right, the, the Inhumans. The yeah. disaster that was the Inhumans series, which, mind you, I haven't watched the series. I just watched the trailer. And, the series uh, hasn't come out yet. It's The first two episodes are in IMAX theaters right now. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, so that's where that early wave of overwhelmingly negative reviews is yeah. <laughs> I saw the trailer, and it was like yeah. the audio-visual equivalent of a truck stop bathroom. It was just, Everything about it was atrocious. Really? And, oh, my God, dude. Like the CG with the girl's prehensile Medusa's hair. hair. Yeah, yeah I heard that was like horrible Ooh. to look at. Yeah, I've seen the, well, the trailers and the... the Music choice, the set design. I like some of the talent, but God help me, it just looked bad. And so I was like, gonna skip that one, but I thought, all right, so the show, they kind of phoned it in, fine. I should read the comics. I should get a feel for what's going on. If they step up their game, if this is gonna be part of the MCU, I wanna be right. kept to, you know, kept up to date on it. So I got New and Humans, Volume 1, that said a great, you know, starting off point for a new chapter in the Inhumans, blah, who the hell cares? And I'm like, perfect. Buy it, mine, read it. Garbage. Mm. Actually, garbage is too strong a word. It's... Uh, Refuse? Yeah. <laughs> Recyclables? It's, it was just okay, and that's, like, worse to me than being horrible. Because when it's horrible, it can be entertaining. When it's just okay, it's boring man what was the story it was that's the thing it was so cookie cutter you start on this um you're in a passenger jetliner you know a bunch of people flying you see a radar readout like oh there's a terrigen cloud storm and you're you know intercepting your path back Uh, i sure you don't want to reroute he's like no we're tight on fuel we'll just go through it studies say that stuff's not even harmful anyway like what's not (laughs) harmful the cloud that's like the genesis of this entire story (laughs) no okay yeah let's fly through it so they're like all right people you've heard it all a thousand times before secure you know your own mask before helping your children and such and everyone puts on their mask they fly through the cloud Everyone's okay except for one dude who gets cocooned instantly, and they make an emergency landing. You get there, there's a police response, including one inhuman emissary who she's got elemental powers. I forget her name, but uh, classical elements. And um, she's like, stand back, put down your weapons. If this goes south, I'm all the gun will need. And I'm like, oh, man. There's strike one and two. You're <laughs> That's like a fist coming out of the comic book and punching you in the balls. Yeah. I felt it. I was like, ew. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, we're, we're off to a shaky start. Let's see how this plays out. And the cocoon opens up, and it's this super frail-looking old man. He's like, huh, what happened to me? And the inhuman woman, she's like, uh, you've gone, you've undergone, you know, terogenesis, terraformation. I don't know. You went through the fucking cloud. Uh, you're different now, but that doesn't mean you're a monster. Like, starts getting really heavy with the rhetoric, rhetoric right mm. off the bat there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, are you okay? Are you dizzy? Disorientation's a common side effect of the transformation. He's like, uh, I'm not old. I'm 27. Oh, who could have seen this coming? I don't know. Maybe Jake a mile away when the first one in the cocoon. 
And so this medic comes down to help him because he's all, you know, he's wheezing and passing out. And as soon as he touches her, she gets old. He becomes young. He drains her vitality. And and then he's like, oh, that's much better. And then the medic's dying. And the inhuman woman's like, you've got to give it back to her. And he's like, why? I don't want to be old. And he's like, "We, you can't control what you are, but you can control whether you're a good person or not. Give it back to her. So he transfers all the youth back, because I guess it's just this magical two-way street with no side effects. And she's like, he's like, what do I do now? And she's like, I don't know, but you're a good person, and that's a start. And then it's a splash page, Inhumans! And the rest of the story did not get better. And I don't know. It's like some after-school special. Dude! Crap. Yeah. It was weak. It was weak. But number one, they came out, what, a couple years ago when they first brought it back. It was actually, it was way better than I'm that. I'm sure Jeez. it was. I'm sure there's some awesome stuff if you go back far enough. But right now, mm. I just don't even want to touch the whole concept. That's a shame. It's a bummer. I was really bummed out because I chose to read that instead of a Hellraiser comic I've been sitting on for a little while. <laughs> so, God help me. I won't make that mistake again. The only thing I want to see out of this new series, I mean, assuming that it actually is dog crap, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I want to see what uh, I want to see Blackpool open his mouth. Yeah. yeah. See, that's one know, thing. I, that's what got me excited watching the trailer because he gets punched by a cop and he goes, Ugh. And it fucking throws a cop car across the street. <laughs> mm. Amazing. But I don't well, know about the rest of it. At least we'll have that clip. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, for my offering this week, uh, I, this is another one of the uh, celebrating Jack Kirby's 100th birthday, which was uh, last month. What was that? The 28th, was it? One of you guys? I were... don't know. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, no, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> it's uh, the number one of the Avengers. You know, it's just, it's just True Believer's number one at the top. So I don't know if it is an actual number one of the Avengers. Because when this book picks up, it looks like the Avengers have already been assembled and have already been fighting crime. But what this is, is... Um, and what I didn't know when I picked it up, the first comeback of Captain America. Him oh, okay. being thawed from the ice and coming back. That's kind of a big deal. Very much so. So I was pleasantly uh, surprised to find that out as I'm reading this. But it opens up with the Avengers, which is uh, Giant Man, Wasp, uh, Thor, and Iron Man fighting Namor. And he's just being a complete asshole. God, Namor's That's such a, a Namor. Dick. Now, it seems like it's picking up from a previous issue, which is confusing as to why it says number one. But who knows? <laughs> Namor sets off. He's tried... I don't know what the quarrel is exactly. I don't remember, but... He's scared off by the Avengers. They have thwarted him. And he is looking for his people. His people don't see eye to eye with him, so they have abandoned him. So Namor is spending just as much time needed to travel the world looking for his people. Well, in doing so, he ends up in the uh, Arctic. I, is that up north? What's north? And what's south? Arctic and I think Antarctica? Like the, and it's the Arctic. Like the it's north. Antarctic is south. Arctic. Arctic. Like environment is just at the extreme. So, okay. So whichever. So uh, he comes up through the ice and sees a bunch of Eskimos like praying to this big chunk of ice. That's going to be north then, I think. You only see like Indians Yeah, I think that's only Canada north. Yeah, I don't think there's any human inhabitants south, is there? Are there? No, it's just, yeah, it's just email us. Let us know. Yeah. Gmail.com. <laughs> So Namor, being a dick, scares him <laughs> off, grabs a big chunk of ice and throws it. Like, you're, you're not, this isn't a god, you fools. It's just some hunk of ice with some Neanderthal frozen inside, you know. So he throws it back into the water, and it shows it washing downstream, slowly breaking apart until slowly we have Steve Rogers revealed. Huh. 
on the table there. Thawed. Nice. And they're like, it really looks like him. It, could it really be him? They wake him up and he tells the story we all know about how, you know, he fell from the plane with Bucky or whatever. Bucky exploded in the plane, yada, yada. So he comes back to, they're piecing together, you know, what's happened with him and that it's really him. He's to come to grasp with being out of time. And the Avengers kind of put him to the test. They attack him different ways, and he thwarts all their attacks. Like, yeah, this is the real guy. You know, we we kind of want him in on uh, in our group with us here. I so, know, guys. Let's beat the shit out of him. That's pretty much what happened. So they are going to a public demonstration to announce this, and for some reason they <laughs> roll up in a submarine, <laughs> and all the Avengers get out. First, before Captain America does, because they're going to, like, make an announcement, you know, that he's um, joining them or something. So when he finally comes out, he comes out to find the Avengers stone standing there and crowds all gone. While he was in there and while the Avengers were making their speech, a mysterious person in the crowd shot a ray that turned them to stone. Everyone was scared and ran. (laughs) Well... Well, Captain America, he gets out of his boat there, and he, the submarine says, oh, well, they put up these stone statues and just all left. Hmm, peculiar. <laughs> oh, Steve. Right, so he starts on his way, and he starts piecing together what's actually happened, and he starts investigating. Finds press photographs of the event, finds somebody pointing a gun in the crowd and figures this is the guy who did it. He tracks the guy down and comes to discover that this guy is no guy at all. But an alien who's just wearing just a rubber mask. And when when he takes his helmet off, the mask off, he kind of looks like a celery stick wearing a coat. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? But he said, why would you do this? He goes, well, my... Years ago, my ship crashed here on Earth, and it's under under the sea, too deep where I can't get it. And uh, the only way I can get it out is by making a deal with Namor. He said, if I stop the Avengers, he would free my ship. So Thor's like... I can free your ship right now. So, he, you know, he turns his hammer upside down, starts twirling it, does this magnetic pull that just uproots the ship straight from the <laughs> bottom. It was really cool. But so they, they took him from the side of Namor. They figure out that's what the problem is. So they obviously confront him and the shenanigans, and they welcome Captain America on as the newest Avenger. And uh, the last panel is David Banner kind of sulking, like, man, I hope the Hulk, you know, isn't too upset about him his spot being replaced in the Avengers when he comes to. Like, he's got a whole other mindset. I don't know. It was just really cool to read. And um, one thing I love about Captain America is how the, his, his story in the comic books is very similar to the fictional character story in real life. You know, he was thought up in World War II as, like, you know, to lift American spirit. And a lot right. of times he was fighting Nazis. And stuff like that. And when the war was over, there was really no need for him. And he just kind of disappeared. You know, he was part of the war, part of the memory. He was kind of put away, but still recognized as a good character. So he was, in a way, you know, just kind of frozen. He was kind of put on ice for a little while. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Until, like, the almost like the political climate of the world was ready for... Until we needed him again! (laughs) So all these other heroes had been created and came up, and they decided, you know... It's just, I just love that idea. Like, this guy who was here back in the day, he's still as relevant and still... Yeah, yeah. Th- that visionary saw in that character to bring it back, you know, to what it is today for... I don't know. It might be small potatoes, but I just think it's really cool. No, that's cool. So the Avengers, Captain America lives again. 
And now joining us, the lead singer and frontman of the band Star Set, Dustin Bates, to talk about the graphic novel, The Prox Transmissions. Thanks so much for being with us, Dustin. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, I myself am uh, new to your band Star Set, and I am falling in love quickly. I mean, it's like, uh, how would you guys say, Linkin Park meets Avenged Sevenfold in outer space. With a little bit of Philip K. Dick inspiration. Well, there you go. Thrown in for good measure. <laughs> yeah, for but, sure. But I'm um, definitely falling in love with it, the universe and the galaxy surrounding the band. So uh, I just I love when uh, people do that. So I'm a sucker for backstory. So yeah. anything like that, I'm instantly hooked. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So uh, can you tell our listeners uh, who may not have heard of Starset yet a little bit about uh, the band? Starset is a creation of the Starset Society, uh, which is uh, a group that's uh, looking to enhance, well, it has many goals, but the main goal is to increase public awareness of science and tech and how it's changing um, our lives now and in the near future uh, in ways politically, socially, economically, even uh, philosophically. And the group, the Sarset Society, is doing this through various public outreach campaigns, and the band is one of them. The Marvel comic is another. There's a, there's a novel. There's a second novel in the works. And, uh, and so Starset is, is sort of a, a representative of this and the various narratives of the Starset Society, which are a blend of science and sci-fi. And the band has made two records so far, and they're, they are both essentially soundtracks to this narrative, um, of which the novel is, is one of those, and the graphic novel is one. And uh, we create numerous music videos and, and other videos that aren't music videos to sort of either solidify the general universe of the Starship Society and the general narrative, but also um, other takes on sci-fi as well and uh the the story of the the prox transmissions is something that the band helps to promote as well but it's in general it's something it's it comes from the larger group the star set society of which we're actually putting a, a brand new website up here in about three weeks oh very nice very nice you'll have to share that with us we'll help push it out to our listeners yeah, and i love this concept i'm not aware of I mean, there are plenty of bands that adopt sort of a, a, a narrative persona right. to to sell their, their image, their music, but I'm not aware of anyone taking, like, speculative sci-fi mm-hmm. and translating it to this medium. So right off the bat. It takes it to bat, a whole new level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sets a new standard for doing Absolutely. that kind of thing. Yeah, so something so in-depth makes me feel like uh, this was something you had in your head long before the band was even conceived. Like, uh, how did the idea even come to be? It's a misconception that the band created all of this. Uh, it happened the other way around. The Starset Society, uh, the overarching world of it, uh, existed before, and the Starset is just sort of an out—it's an outcrop of it. Um, I actually am perfectly sort of suited for the for the blend of the two because I have a master's degree in electrical engineering and have done research and numerous areas and uh and i've been doing the rock thing for a long time as well so it's sort of uh it works perfectly for me but yeah so it, it certainly started with the, the the overarching narrative and the music was a an outcropping of that in fact when i first set out to write transmissions um <clears throat> certain things became obvious like it had to be cinematic rock it had to use uh strings and uh, electronics in a way that gave it a sort of the- theatrical 
um, trailer vibe at times, and that made it a lot of fun, and we've just developed it further and further from there. Now, your upcoming uh, graphic novel, The Prox Transmissions, which also has the uh, same name as, I believe it's just a regular novel that you have for sale, correct? Yes. Now, what's the difference between those two? Is the graphic novel just a visualized uh, adaptation of the novel, or are they telling two different stories? Uh, They're telling the same story. Uh, Peter David actually helped me bring it into the graphic novel medium, Uh, but it's, it's very much the same story. Okay, very cool. Now, this is coming out in uh, this month, correct? Or is it already out? Yeah, it comes out the 26th. The 26th, awesome. Not long to wait. Yeah, and we'll have to make our listeners aware of that, too. And uh, you mentioned uh, Peter David, who you are uh, doing this graphic novel with. Uh, Jack, you'd be uh, pleasantly surprised to know uh, he worked on Spider-Verse. Oh, really? Yeah, we were all about Spider-Verse yeah, two we years back. Yeah. So. <laughs> that the stars align yeah for sure for sure yeah and the stars align for me you know in a crazy way i uh when i was setting out to really try to improve my writing for graphic novels uh, i bought a couple books online and the main one was written by peter david and it was so crazy that like less than a year later i'm working with him yeah that, that's awesome man. it'd be pretty surreal yeah yeah, yeah. That would be really Very cool. Great. So is this going to be like the first uh, graphic novel in like a series? I mean, how do you plan to further expand uh, the universe that surrounds this uh, star set? There is a second novel underway, and we hope that the Marvel partnership continues. And in addition, we're, we are trying, we're always trying to outdo ourselves when it comes to music videos. But we are also looking into trying to create a series of sort of vignettes, video things that aren't uh, really related with the band. They're more um, directly, you know, sci-fi vignettes, maybe 10 to 15 minutes a piece. And, you know, hopefully, you never know, there could be a movie in the works, but it's 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 fun project. We're always expanding it, and it expands into the, the band's live show. In fact, we call them demonstrations because we're trying – to, they're they're immersive. We try to bring the world of the Starset Society and Starset to the show, um, and we're constantly reinvesting. Like the guys, they wear spacesuits um, with cryo, the sort of jetpacks that shoot, you know, shoot compressed air out of their elbows, and there's computer controlled lights on them, and the drummer plays within this a cube that goes transparent so you can see him and then it goes entirely opaque and at that point we do projection mapping onto him uh and to bring out the electronics i have this sort of minority report transparent dj screen and we have a violinist and a cellist that play with us to bring that cinematic vibe live and videos walls and, and all the all of this stuff it's, it's a ton of fun actually I am dying to see you guys live. I, uh, we were watching some of your guys' live stuff on YouTube, and uh, it was just, it was awesome. Yeah, and the planetarium demonstrations were probably about the coolest. Yeah, looking. absolutely. And, oh, and- I'm so excited about that. We actually shot that in three uh, in 360, so we're going to release that at some point. Oh, nice. Well, that'll be a hell of a thing to see, yeah. And not to undersell the music, because obviously we're all taken with the music, yeah. but so much... Like everything you mentioned, all, all of these effects and, and details that go into the live productions, do you plan on releasing any kind of you know a, a video recorded performance or, or anything more? Just a series of YouTube videos or something you can purchase and bring home with you? 
Yeah, in addition to the 360 um, planetarium video that will be out at some point, we've had a lot of fans ask about a live video in general, and that's something that we're that uh, it's always in the back of my mind. I, I'm I'm sort of waiting on doing it because I haven't reached. We have a lot of crazy production, but I if it tells you how crazy I am, I, I haven't reached a baseline of production where I want to put a video out yet. So once that happens, we're going to put something out. Uh, but it's it's always, always developing. We're always reinvesting. Uh, certainly nothing wrong with that. And, I, you know, I've got a question. I don't know if this is the kind of information you want to release, if you want to spoil the narrative you're working on or something. But just out of curiosity, this Star Set Society that's raising awareness of technology and its effects, is this, from the narrative perspective, like a purely positive thing? This is just like an outreach? Or is this a preventative measure, like there's some cataclysm down the line and they need to intervene here? Just, you know, for the sci-fi nerd in me has to <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's sort of both. In fact, uh, the new website that we are putting out, uh, we have two sides to it that we tentatively or just lovingly called the light side and the dark side. They won't actually be called that, but the light side is, is, is based in science and education. And it's a place where my own, uh, work will live, where I'm, you know, going on podcasts and talking about, uh, various scientific things and, and futurism and, and whatnot. And I'm, I'm making a series of videos called Before the Gig, where we'll talk about science and explore it. And there's also the dark side, which is the where the more hyperbole, hyperbolic side, the more sci-fi side, and it has its own sense of impending dooms, I guess. And, and it's all in even, you know, whether it's hyperbole or not, a lot of it, the goal is to to, to show us to get a better look like any good sci-fi is to better understand where we're headed and where we are now and how things are changing and and, and the pitfalls of that so there it's a two-sided coin for sure I, I like that dynamic the idea that you can go to one side to learn about the theoretical singularity then the other side to find out how it's destroying the soul of humanity or whatever disaster right. might yeah. you know yeah on the light side it might be an article about automation and how um you know uber will be uber may have created these millions of jobs but those are going to go away soon um and how maybe in politics uh even though automation is is killing jobs at a faster rate than anything else we we aren't looking at that we're creating boogeymen and then on the dark side you might see a, ve- a form of singularity uh for instance the everything machine from the narrative which is a 3d printer that can print anything and uh when that happens you're left with um, a very discreet set of options. You know, you're left with uh, monopolizing it or socializing it, and really none of the answers is exactly positive. And that, uh, the everything machine in the story is essentially the singularity of manufacturing. So um, it might, it's, yeah, it's like blending of the science and sci-fi. It's something I really love to do. That's awesome, because I, I always feel like the best science fiction, it's it's a complicated vehicle for, like, a very contemporary problem. You know, you're exploring these things that are very now, very sudden, with sort of fantastic concepts, and that, that seems very clear here. You know, you're, you're dealing with the social effects of technology, just using science fiction as a way to, to make it theatrical and, I guess, more palatable than just putting out a PSA or something. 
It, yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, it's working the other way. Um, we are using sci-fi uh, to to educate uh, people. Now, it's, it's it's sort of a it's a two-way street. We're trying to educate while we entertain. Well, you got the best of both worlds. Yeah, that is incredible. I'm just hanging on your every word. <laughs> I haven't seen anything like this. Yeah. This is pretty cool. So, awesome. I imagine uh, you know, with as busy as you keep with your demonstrations, you know, touring all over the place, you probably don't have a lot of time to do conventions or have you done conventions? Are they in your future? Uh, we've, we've done a little bit, uh, you know, with Marvel, um, at the New York comic-con, uh, I, we, we were very close to doing a whole circuit this, this year, but it didn't pan out. Um, we're doing something with New York this time around. And, uh, but I, I really would like to work a lot more with it. It's it's uh it's a lot of fun there, and I feel like I'm with my people. Right. <laughs> it's always good to be amongst your element. Yeah. And I saw on the uh, demonstration uh, list that there's a demonstration happening in Akron, Ohio, coming, coming up. up. So maybe yeah. there needs to be a Candair uh, trip up that uh, way. I think so. I think it would make sense to make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. It would be fun. That would be awesome. It would be a lot of fun. That's sure. if the marquee has space for our name. You know, <laughs> make sure we <laughs> can <laughs> <and> Candair equal <laughs> representation. Okay. We're getting carried away now. But... Hey, that's. I would definitely welcome you guys. Let me know what you, you know, what I need to do. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Now, uh, I found the best place to uh, research everything that you have going on is uh, StarsetOnline.com. Is there anywhere else uh, people should be going to check up on the project? Yeah, there's the StarsetSociety.org. Currently, it's not a full capability. That will be up in about three weeks. Um, there will also be a Starset app within you might this is the first time i've ever mentioned it but there'll be a star set app within it's looking about six weeks and that is going to be immersed fully in augmented reality which will oh, be wow. applied to our show uh that's going to be that's my most fun project to date i'm having a blast with that i guess yeah our various um social media is we're really active there so star set online is the handle for most of that so you can find it wherever Awesome. And then again, the Prox Transmissions coming out September 26th. We'll also be putting links up on our website and on Twitter to help push that out. That it looks awesome. awesome. What's that? It looks awesome. It really it looks, does. Yeah. It looks amazing. I can't wait to uh, get my hands on a copy of that. But I uh, want to thank you so much, Dustin, for taking time to talk with us. And uh, best of luck with the graphic novel, though I don't think you're going to need any uh, <laughs> well wishes from us. I think you've got it from here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It's cool to talk to some fellow Columbusonians. What is it, Columbusites? I don't even know. I like the first one, Columbusonians. Let's do that. Columbos. Columbos. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much, Dustin. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, everyone. And once again, you can check out the band Starset at starsetonline.com and on uh, social media at Starset Online. And keep an eye out for the Prox Transmissions coming out September 26th. Uh, we'll, again, we'll be blasting it on Twitter uh, and on Facebook, website, all the happy mediums. So excited. Yeah, me too. It's going to be cool. And I'm just excited to uh, have found a new band I'm into. It's mm-hmm. always awesome to find a yeah. new group that you uh, really like, really can uh, get into. So, uh, anything else this week, gentlemen, before we wrap up? I think we covered all our bases. I think we did. Yeah. So, Jack, what's on the website? Go to CandairPodcast.com, or you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on our social media. Visit the Hall of Heroes, see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page. 
And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And once more, that is at CannedAirPod on Twitter and at Canned underscore Air on Instagram. CannedAirPod on Facebook, too. Why not? Oh, so it is. And if you're buying Wizard World tickets, may as well throw in that promo code CannedAir, lowercase no space, for a cool 10% off. There it is. And you know what? I know this is a hell of a long shot, but I'm going to try it anyway. We need a filming location, people. Ooh, we need we need thought. preferably a movie theater where we can film like a quick intro and outro to a YouTube video we've been working on. Uh, it'd take maybe 10, 20 minutes to do. So if you know of anyone who has a theater or if you have a theater yourself and would be willing to let Candare use it for a few minutes, hit us up on our website or Twitter. Let us know. We would be so eternally grateful and give you props in return, you know? Oh, yeah. Give you, what, a shout-out advertisement? Sure. You know, we're obviously going to say where we are filming in the video. Frankly, I'd, I'd buy a couple tickets yeah. to a movie. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'd buy concessions. It's a, yeah, get a yeah, large popcorn. popcorn and a soda. And there you go. Get some popcorn. That's popcorn. where the profit is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to be going out on a star set song, uh, beginning a, four, I don't know, four to five week residency here at the show where uh, for the next four or five weeks when we end an episode, we're going to be going out on one of their songs. So this week we're going to kick it off with the song Carnivore off their first album, Transmissions. Be sure to head over to iTunes or over to StarsetOnline.com and uh, check out more. All right, everyone, I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. Thanks for listening. All my life they let me know how far I would not go But inside the beast still goes Waiting, chewing through the ropes
house is on fire. I need to get help. Do it from outside. Blowtorch! Whenever there's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! You know, it's fucked up the amount of shit that the monkeys got. That was worried about my life. <laughs> <laughs> You both need to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I'm going to cut that out. It's getting a bit much. But... <laughs> it was messed up, the amount of crap that the monkeys... Uh, <laughs> this whole thing's botched. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm golden. I'm golden. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, that was my fault. I set you assholes up to laugh. <laughs> History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.